Good evening. How are we doing? Uh, it was good to have a break last week, um, but it, I missed last week. And so I guess that's good that I'm missing being here and just spending time in God's Word. And so we're back. We're back for a couple more weeks. And then we're going to head into fall break. And so we'll make that announcement again next week, along with a couple other announcements. Um, you know, when we started this series... Uh, we did a summer series on heaven and hell, and then uh, Mike and I got together, and uh, you know, over the summer we were asking ourselves, "What God? What? What should we study? What, what's a good topic? What's a good book?" And uh, and just after some thought and prayer and discussion, we landed on this book, the book of James. And uh, you know, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't think that things just happen for a reason. And yet, I also believe that we have to do our work and we have to put our time in and. And think through things. God's given us minds to reason and to, to contemplate. And so as we kind of combine those two things, we landed on this book of James. But as I've been talking to you these past couple of weeks, as we've been looking at this issue of trials and, and how do I deal with the trials I'm going through and, and God, what do you have to say about that? It became evident to me on the week we had off that I think we landed on the right book. I think that most of us are experiencing or have experienced or we know someone who's experiencing a trial. At least that's what your emails and your conversations with me have indicated. Uh, I'm certainly uh, not prone, uh, not um, excluded from that. And I have experienced it and I am experiencing trials. And, uh, and so it's good. It's good to be together and to wrestle through on a real practical level to get it out of here and down into here. God, what, how do I respond during this time of my life where things just may not be going the way I want them to? So if you're in a position where life's pretty good right now. Uh, you're coming here and you're learning about God's word and, and then take what, what's being said and apply it or bank it for some future time. Because all of us, if we're not in a trial, guys, we will be in one very, very soon. And as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I don't think these trials are such that we are um, participating by way of sin. And so I've gotten myself into a situation because of a sinful activity, and now I'm trying to get out of it. And so, God, what should I do? Well, well, we know what to do, right? You know what to do. You need to rectify the situation, confess your sins, get right with God, get right with others. And that's kind of a slam dunk. But what we're talking about, what James is mentioning, I think, in the first few verses of James, pertains to those things that happened to us that we weren't anticipating, that we weren't expecting, uh, that we're, we're just kind of in right now. And it's been interesting as I've, I've been talking to you and, and really even experiencing this. Um, it's not just the trials I find myself in. But isn't it interesting that a loved one or a friend, a good friend or, or a relative that's experiencing a trial. Isn't it wild how, how their trial bleeds over into my life. And because of the pain they're experiencing, I'm experiencing a trial. And so trials just don't happen to us, but, but, you know, the way this works, I think, is that a trial happens to a loved one, and then I'm affected by that, and so now I'm dealing with my own set of issues, maybe my own little sub-trial, if you will. W whatever the case is, uh, I don't think any of us can really stand up and proclaim, you know what, I, I just, I can't relate, um, but rather I think we all can, and so... You know, trials, as I'm thinking through them, I'm thinking about financial trials. I'm thinking about, certainly about health trials. Uh, things that we didn't anticipate yesterday and we woke up today with something. Or we got that call that someone that we love or know has something. 
And now we're trying to wrestle through, well, God, how do I respond to that? When Pastor Lynn was talking on Sunday, I don't know if you were here on Sunday, another trial uh, or a form of a trial really just spoke to me on Sunday. Pastor Lynn was talking about parenting and specifically he was mentioning single parents. And I thought, um, and I want to be careful how I phrase this, but um, could that be a trial? Could your singleness be a trial? Um, maybe. I, I know for the past few years that I've been a single parent, I, I, you know, there have been several occasions where I felt um, helpless and lost and, and confused and frustrated. And I, I felt like I've been in a trial of some sort. And I think that was, that was just echoed by Pastor Lynn as he was talking on Sunday. And, and it just, I guess it made me realize, gosh, I, you know, Sometimes we may not even know we're in a trial. Um, and yet, maybe just in fact we are. Maybe you're single here tonight and, and you know, and, and for you, like dating someone is, you know, I want to be careful how I say this too, um, can be a trial um, of some sorts. And I, and I don't think it's, it's a trial in, in a trite sense. I think it's a trial just because you don't know what the outcome's going to be. And so you go through this thing of dating, but you know, dating, it, it, you either end up married or broken up. I mean, that, those are your only two options, and most of us end up broken up. I mean, that's kind of, and so that becomes a trial, and how do I exercise my faith, or how is my faith tested through this relationship? And if you, you know, if you have, if you're single tonight, and you have a friend that's going through something, you know, it bleeds over into your life, and you feel for them, and, and so what we're talking about here tonight, guys, I think is, is very, very important for all of us um, because we're, we're, we have bodies that get sick, we have money that comes and goes, and we have relationships that could, that could go somewhere or they might not. Um, if you're in a marriage right now, uh, and again, you're not going to admit this out loud if your spouse is sitting next to you, but maybe, you know, maybe it's a trial for you right now. Maybe you just learned some information about your spouse or your kids. Don't, don't elbow your spouse right now. Um, I, uh, you know, one of my students, um, we, were, we were taking uh, an exam this past week, and the exam was on integrity. It was, a unit, it was a unit on integrity, and I caught the student cheating. Uh, you know, oh my gosh. So, you know, our policy is you got to zero out the grade, and, and, but my policy is that I contact uh, parents. And so I shoot the mom and dad an email, just, you know, hey, this is what happened, and it was a clear case of cheating, and I just, I need to let you know that. And, well, now, the, you know, I've just introduced them now to another trial that they now, they weren't expecting that. They're at work, they're busy, they're working hard, and now they have to deal with that situation at home. We, these are things that come upon us. We just, we don't know, how, how do I wrestle with this? And so, so as we look at the book of James tonight, I guess I want to look through the, those lenses tonight of, this isn't theory for me. Uh, maybe it is for you. For me, it's, this is down here at, God, this is my trial this season of my life. This is my trial even maybe today. What, what, what do you have to say about that? Okay, so, so take, t- t- turn with me to uh, the book of James. Let's go to chapter 1. Uh, book of James chapter 1, and let's pick it up again. We left off, I believe, in, um, left off in verse 2-ish. Okay, so here's verse 2. 
James says, uh, consider this all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And we left off there last week identifying this issue that not only in James, but also in Peter and in Romans, um, we seem to have this theme of to rejoice in our trials. And we, we've, we've kind of massaged that idea because the end result is maturity. The end result is a whole or complete person. And so there's a process there. I, I, I embrace or I encounter a trial. Uh, my faith is now tested through that trial. And as it's tested, it produces endurance or patience or perseverance. And that perseverance or patience and endurance will ultimately lead to wholeness or maturity or completeness. But again, in a practical sense, I guess if we were to think about the trial that we're in right now, the trial that you may be in or you may have a loved one that's going through a trial, the question I want to start off with this evening, and, and we, we have some microphones here, and so just raise your hand if you have a thought to this, because I really would like to know your thoughts on this, is why does God, why trials? If, if, if the idea here is the end result, right? If the idea here is wholeness or completeness, God. Um, I don't know about your trials, but my trials are painful and they're, they're confusing. Um, when we talk about having our faith tested, that's not, that, that's not kid stuff. Uh, that's not theory. That is, that's, that is, uh, that's, that's hurt and it's pain and it's frustration And so my question, I guess, as we begin tonight is, God, if your desire is for me to be complete and whole, why did you choose this process? Why trials to lead to faith being tested, to having our endurance or patience or perseverance, and then I become complete or mature or made whole? Why why trials? Why, Why are trials so effective, do you think? In getting us to the end result. Because God's not content with, hey, I just want to allow you to experience this pain and frustration. And, and you know, by way of, I just want you to hear that your loved one just got killed. I just want you to, to, to find out that your spouse just got let go. I just, you know, just for kicks, you know, it's a tough world and just, uh, that's not God's heart. Right? God's heart is, is okay, now you have a trial. Okay, here's the process now. It's gonna, this is going to test your faith. And the beauty of testing our faith is that it's going to lead to this thing called patience and endurance, perseverance. And, 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 and that's going to lead to wholeness, Greg, and, and, and maturity and completeness. And that's where I want you. I want you over here. But it starts over here. And, and, and at least in my life, guys, I, I've asked the question, why, God? Why, why not just, why not a test or something? Why not, uh, how many verses do I know? Why the trial? Why are they, why is, why is the trial so effective in bringing us over here? Yeah. I think it's, for so many people, you can turn towards the easy road and not really face the trial and go through the process. For example, if you're a drug addict and you're trying to go through rehab and it's so easy to say, well, I'll just go one more day and I'll just go one more day and I'll just go one more day before I actually try to cure myself. 
I think that it's so easy for us to turn towards, not towards Satan, but more towards the, the easy way out rather than really going for the glory of God. Okay, so, so the, the process, you know, part of the growth is the process. And, and we're looking for that, you know, how can, I, how can I make an end around? Okay, okay. I think that it also has to do with um, strengthening your relationship with Christ. I know when I've gone through trials before, and as what Pastor Lynn was talking about on Sunday, I grew up in a single-family household. My mother raised us after my parents got divorced. And I saw the challenges my mother faced daily, but she was such a good Christian woman that we all went through it. Um, you know, we all, we all made it. Yeah. And, and because of that foundation, I have a stronger relationship with Christ, and that is who I turn to. And I know it's challenging and it's hard, yeah. but when you, when you do turn to God, even when it's just you know, falling on your knees literally or figuratively, saying, Lord, I'm so scared and I'm so confused, you, you can't, if you do that in front of another human being, they're going to think you're crazy. Right. But the Lord won't. You know, and, and that, I always trust that. And um, I think okay, that I like once that. you yeah. survive the trial and you come out on the other end, it makes you stronger and it makes you able to relate to other people's problems more. Yeah, I like what you said there about, about you know, the fact that if we're all going to go through it at some point in our life, we're looking to those maybe who have gone through it before us or ahead of us. We're looking to them. And, and obviously your mom did real well with that, modeled it for you so that when you're in it, you have you have some sort of a benchmark to to really okay I like that uh, yeah over here I think so my comment somewhat mirrors hers but it kind of going a little bit forward from that is the fact that you never feel like you necessarily exhibit yourself to others in a trial if you're a Christian until you've relied upon God to pull you through that actual act and if you're following his word and following what he's asking you to do it's an it's it's it, it expresses to others your faith and potentially a calling for them to actually understand that you were able to get through it because you had god as your savior yeah i i like that I, in fact i want to pick up on one thing you said about relying on god that's that's real good here and then one down front here yeah you know for me, it's, uh, it's, it's about relationships. It's about relationships with Christ. You know, if you look across your life and you say, you know, hey, I've got a great relationship with my mom and dad or my wife or my sister or whatever it is. Right here. It's because down. of the things that you've went through. It's because of the trials that you've went through. And, and I think Christ is looking for us to go through trials with him. You know, go through this with me. I'm going to get you through it. And your faith is going to be you know, tenfold on the other side. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've, yeah. I've heard this several times, and we all, as Christians, we want Easter Sunday. We want resurrection. We want glory. But none of us want Good Friday. Yeah, Friday's got to come before Sunday. we got to yeah. go through Friday before we can get to Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's, I have no rebuttal to that. It That all makes sense. Um, and yet... <laughs> And yet it's, uh, is, is there a way to, is there another way? 
Is there another way for me to get to this point? Because, and I hear you that it's, that, you know, we are looking for the easy way out, but let's just be honest, is that so wrong? Um, if I could tell you how to make a hundred bucks in a half hour or a hundred bucks in 10 hours, you're going to do the 10 hours because it's, because it makes you suffer more. I want to spend time with my kids. So I'm going to take the half hour. So, so is, 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 is having a better, easier life, is that, is that bad? Like, I, I, cause I don't want us to fall on our, on our swords here, right? And I can't wait to the next time I get to suffer. Um, yeah, right here. Maybe God is preparing you to minister to non-believers or other Christians or training you for your spiritual gift that he has in mind for you, teaching you what you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think those of us who've been through trials are, you know, we, yeah, that, it's, isn't it amazing that when you go through a trial, you're not even expecting God to use you and yet all of a sudden you're talking about it to someone else who needs to hear that information. Yeah, it's, Yeah. Okay, um, I think trials are to show us how much we depend on God, as well as just like how weak we are and uh, how much we just need Him in our life. How old are you? Do you mind me asking? How old are you? Seventeen. Um, uh, from the mouth of babes comes wisdom. Is that? And the reason I say that is because that's exactly what I think is. I mean, all of this is good. But but isn't it true? That during our trials, you know, when I'm looking at a trial or the trials I've been in or I'm in currently, here's my thought at the end of the day or when I'm in it. I, I've got nowhere else to go. God, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I can't figure this one out. Um, I was talking to, to a, a fellow student or a fellow a student who graduated alum from the high school I teach at. And just recently, and he said, uh, my sister is, uh, just got diagnosed with cancer in her early 20s. And, uh, and the, he and his sister are really tight. They're close. And he, and he said, Greg, I, I've, got, I've got nowhere to go. I can't fix the problem. See, it's her trial. It's her health. But it's bleeding over into his life. He's affected deeply by this. To where he's reaching out and he's, he's crying out to those around us. And he's saying, I've got nowhere to what I can't do anything about this. I can pray for her and I can be with her. But what keeps me up at night is knowing that at this point, what the doctors have said is, I've got, a, I've got mere months before I never get to see my sister again. And I, just, I, can't, I can't deal with that. That's my trial. And so in that particular case, is his faith tested? Is his faith going to be tested? Absolutely. And, and it's up to him, really. And we don't know the end of the process right now. But after the faith is tested, then there's this, this perseverance that God may have set him up for another situation sometime down the road. And he'll be just that farther along in the process. So at the end, when it's all said and done, we're looking at a, a kid right now in his late teens that's going to become a mature and whole and complete person. 
But I think that's what we're looking at here. Why do we go through trials? Why God? Why the trials? And part of it is because I think God in his ultimate wisdom said, I don't know of another way to get your attention. I would love, and I was kind of playing devil's advocate on the easy way out. I think God would love to give us the easy way out. I think he tried that back in Genesis 1. I'm going to set it up ideally for you. Just live the way I want you to live. Do what I want you to do here and we'll be happy. I will walk with you in the evenings. Life will be good. Talk to me. I'll talk to you. Here's some responsibility. Screwed that one up. And I, I think God in his wisdom says, um, I, I want to get you to this point. This is my desire for every one of my children. I think this will, this will start the process. And isn't it great, guys, that the, the trials that you and I are in, they're not beyond us. We may think they are at the time. But, but they're not. Uh, there's nothing that you and I can't handle, though at times we think we can't. In fact, um, I don't remember if you remember this song um, years ago, a guy named Mark Schultz. Uh, does anyone remember the song, uh, He's My Son? Anybody remember that? Um, Mark, I, I've got a couple, I don't know if the PowerPoint's working here. I've got a couple of lyrics up here. Um, Schultz was a youth pastor and a um, songwriter. Um, and he wrote this song called He's My Son because while he was, in, while he was doing youth pastoring, he, um, he met up with one of his students who found out he had leukemia as a high school student. And for a year and a half, Mark watched this family go through this trial. At long story short, the, the um, student ended up going into remission and is alive and well. And, but as the family was going through this trial for a year and a half... Mark realized that what he was watching his dad and, and this, this boy's dad and mom do was simply start here with this trial and say, God, we have nowhere else to go. And so Mark wrote this song in response to watching this family. Um, the, the, the first couple lines, it says, um, I'm down on my knees again tonight. I'm hoping this prayer will turn out right. Uh, see, there's a boy that needs your help. I've done all I can. Oh, there it is. Okay. I've done all I can. Um, do myself. His mother is tired. I'm sure you can understand. Uh, each night as he sleeps, she goes in to hold his hand and she tries not to cry uh, as the tears f- fill her eyes. And then the chorus uh, in this song is, can you hear me? And this is this man's prayer to God. Am I getting through tonight? Uh, can you see him? Can you see my boy? Um, can you make him feel all right? If you can hear me, God, let me take his place somehow. See, uh, he's not just anyone, he's my son. And so Mark wrote this song and, and it was in response to this idea that there is, oops, um, uh, however you get that off, um, there is, there's a process that this family has to go to where this guy now is praying really serious prayers. I would venture to guess that prior to this particular trial, I'll bet this guy's prayers were nowhere near as close to heartfelt and sincere and raw as they are right now. And this guy is going to God saying, I will do anything if you can take this trial away from me. 
And guys, remember what James is saying here. As this trial comes now, is, 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 is faith being tested? Absolutely. Why? Because he's saying to God, I've got nowhere else to turn. And so I'm turning to you. And through that, God's going to say, stay with me. Stay with me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not letting you go. I need you to stay with me here. Um, And then at the end, there will be maturity and completeness and wholeness. So James says, consider it joy when you consider various trials, not because you're going through the trial, but because of the end result. Here's what I find interesting in the midst of all of that, I guess, is this. Right in the midst of this issue of trials, James throws this in here. And let endurance have its perfect result, verse 4, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then he throws in verse 5 this idea of but. But, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. He says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and it will be given to him. So just what is wisdom in your opinion? What do you think wisdom is? What's wisdom right here? I'm sorry. The knowledge between good and evil. Okay. Let me take one more. What's wisdom? I think wisdom is doing what God has told us to do. Doing what God has told me to do. Okay, can I just keep the mic there actually? How would you separate then wisdom from faithfulness? I'm just curious. I don't want to put you on the spot, but... No. um, But I will. (laughs) It's like I can know something, um, but the wisdom comes in doing it. So faithfulness is just more of the desire to do that. Okay, the desire and then the acting out of that faithfulness maybe? Yeah, okay. Wisdom? Is there a difference between wisdom and knowledge? Most of us would say yes. I think if you do word studies on this, and some of you have probably done this, what you'll find in the Bible is that often there is a distinguishment between uh, wisdom and knowledge, and yet in and and other places they're actually used interchangeably. And so before we make such a a fine line with, well, there's a definite difference between knowledge and wisdom, just know that in some passages it is used interchangeably. Uh, Here, uh, if we can get the screen back up here, um, this is what uh, a couple of passages that are um, definitions I found to be helpful. Uh, ESV Study Bible says that wisdom is a God-given and God-centered discernment regarding the practical issues of life. A God-given and God-centered discernment regarding the practical issues of life. And then Gordon Fee, um, noted author, says that wisdom is the discipline of applying the truth to one's own life in light of experience. And so it kind of captures what you're saying over here. The discipline of applying the truth that you know, you and I know to be true, the Bible, to, in light of your experience. Okay? So it's God-centered and God-given, and it ha- carries with this idea discernment. So, so James is saying, okay, if any of you lacks this, while you're going through your trial, he's, a, he's smart enough to know, I can anticipate some of you are going to struggle. 
And so while you're struggling, if you feel like you can't handle it, if you feel like you're being overwhelmed here, here's the, here's the, the key. Ask God for wisdom. So my question is, is why pray for wisdom? Why not just pray for perseverance? Why should I put God? James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God for wisdom. James isn't saying, let, if any of you lacks perseverance here, you can't handle the load of the trial. Ask God to get you through it. He's saying, ask God for wisdom. Why wisdom? What's, what's so important about wisdom? Why not just say, God, have you ever prayed this? Have you ever been going through a trial and you say to God, God, I just want to get through it. He'll show you how to navigate it. Because the wisdom will show me how to navigate. Because the wisdom is going to help me do what? It's going to help me understand why I'm in this. I, li- I like that. I like, I like both of those. I think, I think wisdom, guys, is... Um, the reason that I want wisdom, God, is because... Wisdom is proactive. Wisdom is, is making the right decision when, when, as we admitted, people are watching me in this trial. Think of it this way. Um, how much information or wisdom or knowledge do you think you possess right now? Out of, out of all of the information there is, recognizing that, what, a 20 gig hard drive can contain, what did I write down, can contain, a 20 gig hard drive will hold about 25,000 books, each 250 pages long. And, and you and I have access to 20 gig hard drives all the time. So how much information do you think you possess? There was a British researcher, I believe, years ago that said, um, this was about 10 years ago, his research said that by the time we're in 2025, they will make a chip so small and so powerful that you could embed it into someone's eye and that it could capture their entire life, record their entire life. Like never stop recording your life. And then you could download that information for, for you know, your grandkids. Or How boring would that be? So out of all the information there is to know, how much do you know? Can, would anybody be so bold as to say 1%? A sliver of a sliver of a sliver of 1%? Okay, so take that, take that thought and then marry it with this. How many decisions do you make in a day? Not, not um, uh, the everyday decisions, but how many decisions at work pertaining to the kids, um, with relationships, with spouses, with finances, how many do you make a day? How many do I make a day? And if you conservatively say that I make 25 decisions a day, that's over 9,000 decisions a year. And in the course of 65 years, that's over half a million decisions that you'll make. That's 25 a day. Most of us probably double or triple that in a day. So marry those two ideas. I'm making at least a half a million to a million decisions in my lifetime. And I know less than, less than, less than 1% of all the information out there. And guys, the point is this, in my trial, if there ever was a time to make a right decision, 
isn't it during that time where everyone's watching me go through this horrendous pain? If there ever was a time to make a decision where I don't want to go off the rails any more than I already am, God. If there ever was a time to say the right thing to somebody who is experiencing a trial and is bleeding over to my life and I just, I don't know what to do here. Wouldn't it be during that time? And so I think James is saying, listen, if, if God, you know, if, if God allows a trial in your life and you're struggling with just how do I navigate through this trial, would you please just pray to God for wisdom? Just ask God. Look, look what the passage says. It says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. James is saying, especially during those hard times of life, please, please, please don't view God as someone that wants to withhold that wisdom. But rather, God says, I want to pour out my wisdom to you. Ask me for it. I was, um, I remember being at the coffee plantation a few years ago. There was one up on like Dobson and Baseline. And I was prepping for a message there. I was preaching at some church and I was prepping for a message and I was thinking through this idea of wisdom and, um, and these questions and how much information do we possess and whatnot. And I overheard, it was pretty quiet afternoon, I overheard a group of high schoolers, 17, 18 years old, talking. And the way they were talking, I was impressed because they were talking about politics and religion and, uh, and um, uh, economics and cultural events and just, just current events and things that I thought, oh, that's a little atypical for, for high school kids to be just chatting about. And so I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to take a step here. And so I, I introduced myself into the conversation and I said, um, hey, just heard what you guys are talking about. Pretty impressed with what you guys are thinking through. And I'm just curious, out of all the information in the world, how much do you think you possess? And they said the same thing, not much. And I said, well, I have, you know, how many decisions do we make in a day? And, and so then I said this. I said, if I, could, if I could give you help to make better decisions in life, especially when you're going through a difficult time, if I could offer you a resource, would you want it? And the smartest of the bunch proudly puffed up his chest and said, nope. And I said... Why? And he said, because if I succeed or fail, I want to know I did it by myself. And I said, you idiot. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said, I said, but why? What, what do you gain out of that? Do you think that when you die... We're going to put trophies on your casket because you made right decisions by yourself? What, what do you get out of that other than, you know, narcissism? Other than a self-love? What else do you get? Do you think that, that there isn't someone smarter than you? Or that has more knowledge or wisdom than you? That isn't impressed with that decision? Why wouldn't you take the help? And James is saying here... Don't you understand that God is giving you an opportunity to navigate through this trial successfully? If you're lacking wisdom right now in the trial you're facing right now, if you don't know which way to turn in this thing, if someone posed something to you to, even today that has you thinking, I don't know, 
Pray for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Now, let's say you do that. Okay, let's say that you do ask God for wisdom. How do you know if you get it? God, I, I, I want wisdom here. I, God, I need wisdom. I'm, I'm struggling in this trial, so I'm praying for wisdom, praying for wisdom, praying for wisdom. And then you've got to make a decision. How do you know you're making the right decision? I'm asking, really, because I'm, I'm curious. How do you know you get the wisdom that you're asking for? Yeah. Kind of leads to what I was thinking before is, you know, there's two reasons in my mind that we go through trials. One's discipline and one is that we can't learn any other way. And the easy way is to just do it right without needing discipline the first time. <laughs> yep. So there is an easy way. True. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but then we're, not, we're past things, that. Yeah. But yeah. some things were, we can't get any other way. But I think the proof that, that we pass the test is the next time we get to that point in a trial, we make the right decision. Okay. But, but you're adding to the conversation the idea that that I'm in a trial, I can make a bunch of decisions. Then on hindsight, I figure out that wasn't the right decision. Now I'm in a trial again, I will make the right decision. True, I agree with that, but I don't want to go through the trial again. But you will. Maybe, but I want to make the right decision the right. first time. Yeah. So, so I have to make a decision here. Let's say that, um, you know, let's say I'm in a trial and, uh, and it's about finances because my health is deteriorating and... You know, I've got problems with my insurance, and so I've got to make a decision. Do I go with another insurance company, or do I stay with this one? I'm, I'm praying to God for wisdom. How do I know when, I, when I've gotten the wisdom I need from God to make that particular decision? Yeah, over here and then here. Because wisdom comes lined up with God's Word. Okay, when so you know wisdom you lines wisdom, up with God's Word, so it's got to be within God's be within Word. It's got to be God's Word. Right. You know the end result. If, you, if you've done everything that's within God's Word... And you, you know, at the end result, that's what uh, God's way was. Okay, so I ne I need money to pay for the medical bills, God. I'm searching for wisdom, and I think, well, I can rob a bank. And so we're agreeing that's not from God. Yes. Okay. That's good. Not okay. From God. Right. Which is true, but what's the problem with that? I'm still left with a number of decisions to make that fall within the bounds of Scripture. And I'm looking to make the right one here. Uh, we talked last week about, you know, what do you say to that person that's just... My, my friend that called me and said, my sister, you know, she's got... And he's looking for answers now. And I'm praying to God for wisdom. I'm praying, God, give me the words to say to this guy right now. How do I know when I've gotten the wisdom I need? Uh, I think it was here and then right here in the middle. I don't think that you have to know that you got the wisdom. I think you have to believe that you got the wisdom. Oh my gosh, you're getting very spiritual on me now. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you have to know you have the wisdom. You've got to believe you've got the wisdom. Uh, and that's your... Because you've looked ahead in the passage and you've seen what we're going to tackle next. And so, <laughs> yes, um, you're right. But let's say you're not right. Um, 
Yeah, right here in the middle, and then I want to turn you to a passage real quick. Uh, well, I was going to say that when I found myself in a situation like that, um, you know, you, you pray for wisdom, and then when it's time to make the decision, there's a sense of peace that you feel that, you know, it, it's like the weight is lifted, and you, you just feel peace, and that has been my sign yeah. that I've received the wisdom, the wisdom, and I've made the right decision. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly what I... In fact, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Philippians 4 real quick, um, because that's exactly where I'm headed with this. Yeah, uh, there was another comment here in the middle. Mine was really just going to piggyback off that. Sure. Uh, for my personal life, I was just going to say, when I get to that point where I have a decision in mind, and I'm going to be comfortable with the outcome regardless of which way it goes, so uh, if I feel like God has led me in a direction... When I get to that point where I can say, if the outcome from this direction is this, or if it's this, and I can find peace with both of those, then that's how I know it's yeah. what I want. So kind of what he said, but absolutely. Whether, just to add on to that, just whether it, it's the outcome I thought it was going to be or not, either way I can find peace from it. And that, and guys, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, part of the Christian life, and, and we're going to talk about this issue of faith here in just a moment, but part of the Christian life, I hope you're willing to accept is um, is mystical. Uh, it's it's supernatural. Um, I hope we're not living our life in such a system that this means this means this means this means, and then I get to this. Uh, Paul uh, James gives us a, a process here, but certainly I, I hope we're all kind of tracking here. This process is going to have ebbs and flows, and it's going to look a little different and. And then when we get to this point of, gosh, I'm, God, I don't know what to do here. I'm praying for wisdom. How do I know when I've got the wisdom? Um, Paul says in Philippians 4, be anxious, verse 6, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. And I think this directly relates to when you're going through a trial, isn't that one of the primary emotions you have is anxiety? I, God, I'm, I'm worried about I don't know how this is going to turn out. And Paul says, well, don't be anxious here, but rather in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Ask God for wisdom. It's Paul saying the same exact thing here. And when you do that, when I do that, it says the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And guys, I... I'm not telling you whether you need to believe it or not. I'm telling you this is the method. There's no other, I don't know of another way when I'm praying for wisdom. Paul's saying don't be anxious. When you feel anxiety, give it to God with, through prayer and supplication. Supplication means thanksgiving. Tell God I'm, I'm anxious and God I'm thankful that I have, I have this resource, i.e. you. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, because it really is mystical and supernatural, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Uh, there have been many times in my life where I've experienced trials. And sometimes I've fought my way through it, as you probably have. I've tried to muscle my way through, and it just didn't turn out the way I wanted it. And then there have been a few times where I've actually taken God up on His Word, because, guys, to pray for wisdom and to expect it is to live by faith. And that's hard to do. 
That's, that's, that's Christianity kind of upper level. I can talk about it. We can talk about having faith and living by faith. But it's another thing when I'm in a trial to say to God, I don't know what to do. I'm praying for wisdom. God, I need your help here. I need to, to, to know what to do. And I'm going to pray for peace. And in fact, James says back in James, he says, and it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith without any doubting. So if you're going to do this, if you're going to ask God for wisdom, how should you do it? Without doubting. And that's where it gets tough. Um, Many of you, um, uh, throughout the time I've been teaching, I started in the spring and my life was a little different in the spring. I was engaged in the spring and uh, just out of... um, out of me not explaining things, a lot of you have come up uh, throughout the weeks here and you've asked me about uh, my marriage and you've asked me about um, my engagement. You've asked me, you know, and uh, so I'm neither married nor engaged. And, and the process, guys, and, and, and again, I want to make this clear, um, relationships can be a trial. For the, for the reason that there's unknown in the relationship. You're dealing with somebody else. They're dealing with you. You don't know what's going to happen here. And long story short, the, the proposal was only after a few weeks. It was very, very soon, very sudden. We were both coming out of a... I was coming out of a, um, a widow situation. She was coming out of a divorce situation. And there was just an instant attraction. There was just a high, high attraction. And so we dated for six weeks and I proposed. And, and it was a, we were both very, very confident this is where we're, we should be headed. And then as we got engaged and just processed this and processed how we're going to do this, and it, it dawned on both of us, maybe we should be processing this through the lenses of God's wisdom. Well, that's hard to do when you're doing the logistics of a wedding. Invitation, you know, you, you know the whole deal. And so I began to feel restless about this. Uh, Both of us have kids. There's a lot on the line here. Uh, We're not 19 and just kind of, you know, clueless. No offense. Um, (laughs) Seriously. And and so there's just, you know, there's there's more to wrestle with, I should say, in in a second marriage, as as probably some of you can relate to. And this restlessness wasn't going away, and it was just kind of there and... and really, as, as we look at James, and, and, and um, Jennifer would, would wholeheartedly agree to this, it, it, it was a trial in a sense. We were, our faith was being tested. And so we began to pray. We got, you know, wisdom. I want wisdom. I want wisdom. And I, but as we're doing that, the days are kind of, you know, checking off to, to the date here. And, and there was a night, and I'll remember this as, as long as I live, um, where... The restlessness was um, washed over with peace. Just completely like exhaling. Uh, Like as sure as I know I'm standing here right now, I knew we, we can't get married when we said we were going to. And for as much headache as I could probably share with you and, and swap stories about what the results of breaking off an engagement equate to and all the pain and challenges and uh, financial law. I mean, all of that. 
for as much as that is on the other side of, well, just go ahead and do it anyway. Just kind of press through it and just, you know, fix things after you're married. All of those reasons to get married, right? Just, just paled in comparison to the peace of don't get married. Just don't. And, and guys, I, I don't know how else to explain this particular concept other than you either know when you have it or you don't. That restlessness is there and it's there for a reason or it's not. And if, and if sin isn't a part of the, the equation here, I want to make that clear. If, if you're sinning, then it's always going to be restless. Because, because you're asking God for wisdom while I'm engrossed in sin, and it just does, it's oil and water, it's not compatible. God's not going to break through the sin and say, let me make it clear for you what you need to do, and you're engrossed in sin. So if sin's not a factor here, what I'm talking about then is if the restlessness means something, and the peace means something. And again, I... I can't prove it as much as I can prove, you know, that, that uh, you know, what love is. Both are fairly subjective, but you know it when you have it. And I just knew at that moment, um, I have a number of very difficult decisions that lie ahead over the next couple of days. Brutally difficult. Um, I will never want to go through that again, ever. That kind of difficult. But there was Peace. And that peace, can I just be honest, literally got me in my car the next morning and drove me over to discuss this with her. Uh, I, otherwise, no way would I ever do that, ever. I, I think, as I've been wrestling with this issue in this passage, and I think that that's what James is talking about. When you're lacking wisdom, pray to God for that wisdom. And if you're feeling, you know, not at odds, you're feeling at odds with stuff, and there's just, there's just you know... It might not be time to pull the trigger on something or, or to have that conversation or to, to make that financial decision. You may need to just throttle back a little bit. I believe God will hold good to his word, which is giving you wisdom. And I don't think God's a God of confusion. I know he's not. Yeah, co- comment back here. Yeah, Greg, I was just going to say that, <clears throat> excuse me, all of, uh, all of life is... Uh, all of life is trials, and we make all our decisions by faith. I mean, all through the Bible, it talks, you know, about faith. Even uh, like Hebrews 11, chapter 11, yeah. Moses chose by faith to um, um, take, um, instead of pleasures, he chose to um, be ill-treated, you know, or mistreated. So, I mean, when we make decisions all, all our life, we, have, we just have to base it all on faith, period, just like you said. Well said. Yeah, I agree wholly with that. And the, the challenge I always have, I guess, is uh, that is so much easier said, right, than done. Um, but speaking of that, then, let me wrap up tonight with this. C- keep going in verse 6, then. But let him ask in faith. For this wisdom, right? If you want wisdom, ask for it, but ask in faith. And don't doubt, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. But let the brother of humble... uh, Let me just stop right there. In fact, when I went over to, to talk to Jennifer that morning and said, this is what I think, 
It was a very difficult conversation, but by the end of the weekend, here was her comments was, I'm tracking with you. And then as time progressed, we were both able to conclude definitely the right decision. Absolutely the right decision. Very, very premature to do that. The only reason she was allowed, I believe, in her spirit to go forward in terms of not, you know, getting married was because she had trust that I had a peace, that I was seeking God for wisdom. And therefore, now we could move together. But guys, this whole thing is, involves one word, and that's faith. Um, this is what I have for faith. And uh, if we can throw the screen up here. Um, obviously, Hebrews 11 talks about faith being the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things unseen, Hebrews 11.1. Um, that may or may not come up. But the ESV Study Bible, I like what that says too. Listen to this. It says, faith is a settled trust and confidence in God based on his character and promises as revealed in Scripture. I love what, what, what the writer of Hebrews says or the, the commentary in ESV. Faith is a settled trust in God based on his character, what he's promised in the Scriptures. In other words, I go to God and say, I'm struggling, I need wisdom, and I'm pa- placing faith in you, God, that I'm going to get the wisdom. And here's the beauty of it is I settled this issue in my mind. See, James says, without wavering. If you're going to waver, it's like a sea being, uh, surf being tossed about by the sea. He's saying, don't do that. God's, God's not double, don't be double-minded. Don't say you're going to trust God with faith, for wisdom, and then be questioning. Well, God, when's it going to come? I don't understand this. How come I'm not getting it? He's saying, trust God, have it settled in your mind that when I ask God for wisdom by faith, I'm going to get it. Whose timing? God's timing. But will it come? Absolutely. And settle it. Be anxious for nothing because I've settled it, because I've lived by faith. Is the assurance of things hoped for. I'm confident of what I'm hoping for and the conviction of things unseen. I've never seen God, but I will die for him. Because I'm convicted about that. James is saying, if you want wisdom, live by faith. Trust that God will give it to you. Um, so, so two things real quickly, I guess. Um, number one, when I ask, I want to expect a result. When I ask God for wisdom to get through this trial, I'm going to expect a result. And God is saying, you got it. You got this idea of faith. Good job. Here's the wisdom you need. Here's the peace you need. And then number two, um, well, let, let, me, let me back up. Uh, if I'm not going to do that, if I'm going to say I'm going to live by faith, God, I need the wisdom, I need your, I need your help in this, but I'm truly not going to believe you, I'm not going to, and then when I get the wisdom I need, I'm not going to believe it, it's from you. And Then guys, I would say a lot of the songs we come here and sing, even here on Sunday mornings, you've got to really check yourself. I've got to check myself. Because, because a lot of the songs we sing here, that's all they talk about is faith in God and trusting in God. And if I'm going to come here on Sunday mornings and, you know, uh, 10,000 reasons, right? We're singing that a lot now here. Um, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, right? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. You know how that song starts, Matt Redman? Um, it starts like this. It says, uh, the sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, 
let me be singing when the evening comes. And, and Brian and Ryan, they get up here and they play it. And it just sounds great, you know. And we're just kind of, yeah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And we're just, oh man. And then when they get to the acoustic part and or the acapella, and we just kind of, they fade out. And we just were singing. It just hands go up. That whole song is about, I will go through trials, God, as was mentioned back here. My life is going to be probably one big trial. That's not the issue. I, I, I'm anticipating trials. The issue is how am I going to react in the trials? And by way of that song, God, I'm going to react that when the evening comes, I'm still singing your praises. And so as we look at this issue, guys, of the trials in my life and how to deal with them, I want to bring it from here down to here and say, um, that does, it, does it work down here for me? I, I don't want you leaving here thinking, okay, that was a good little chat on wisdom and faith. I want us leaving down here saying, I haven't asked God for the wisdom I need. And tonight's the night. Tonight's the night where by faith, God, I'm trusting you with this trial. And I'm trusting you, God, for the peace that I haven't felt in a very long time. And then when I come on Sunday, and wouldn't it be funny if we did sing 10,000 Reasons? I will sing it unashamedly with all I've got because I believe it. Let's pray. Father, I'm not um, naive enough to think that people aren't struggling in this room. And I think we could probably go around the room and and, uh, one-up each other on trials. Uh, The issue isn't trials and whether we'll be in one, whether we're 17 or 77. It's how are we going to how are we going to model for the world what you're asking of us, which is to rejoice in these trials? And so my heart, Father, as we dive in a little bit deeper here each week, is that you would be transforming lives. Holy Spirit, that you would be just changing my life, changing our lives. So that not only will we be made whole, which we so desire, but that along the way, the decisions we're making and the, and the ones that people are watching us make are right ones. They're wise ones. And when the people say around us, Father God, man, how did, how did you make that decision in such a difficult situation? We will be very, very quick to say it's the wisdom my God has given me. One day, Father, we will wake up in eternity with, uh, with no trials. And we will rejoice in that day. But until then, may those of us who are desperately seeking wisdom uh, fall on our knees tonight and by faith trust that that's what we'll get. We love you, Father. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next week.